Good morning, church. Hi, good to see everybody. Hi, my name is Toby. Uh, I get to serve here as the lead pastor. It's such a joy uh, to be able to open up the Word together. I just, uh, uh, earlier in 9.30 service, we had a Japanese service, and I, uh, um, you know, I had the privilege to preach in there, and then we got a lead of baptism, and now we're here at the English service, and just a, a joy uh, to open up the Word of, uh, from Luke today, this morning. We welcome everybody. Um, so I want to ask you this question first. Hey, what was the most uh, embarrassing moment in your life? Embarrassing moment. And then, you know, um, I have a lot. So, but, but one thing that came to mind immediately was this uh, story from fifth grade. I was at school. Um, it was actually my Saturday Japanese school. And I was like, I was pretty like a cool guy, you know, not, you know, I'm still kind of cool, but you know, at fifth grade, I was like pretty peak coolness, right? And like, I was like hanging out with my friends and I think we're doing some like wrestling and, and pro, less, pro wrestling was like really a big thing. I, I did a big move on this guy and I kind of squatted down, right? And I kind of noticed something in my behind, just, I didn't pay too much attention. I was like, nah, never mind. But two seconds later, I saw people just like pointing at my butt, laughing. And I'm like, oh, no. And I looked or I touched and it was a big rip on my pants. And, you know, at that time, you know, what was cool was like you got this nice boxer shorts, you know, like it's color. But I had this like white undies on. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like, man, my coolness went from here to like all the way down. And that's how I became known as for like a couple of weeks. Thank God. Like, you know, yes, correct. And then memory span, they forget easily too. So, but, um, I have a lot other story, which I cannot say because I'm live on Facebook. Hello, everybody in the world. So, uh, but let me just say there's a lot of poop related stuff, but I can't say much. But anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. But you know, some moments are like embarrassing and, and funny. Like you can remember that. It's like, ah, ha, ha. You know, like for me, like fifth grade, that was, it's kind of a funny story, but you know, there aren't some not so funny, embarrassing moments in life. And today's story from the Bible, which we are unpacking from Luke 22, it's about Peter. And he had the, one of the most, probably the most embarrassing moment of his life. And he was so embarrassed or ashamed. And it wasn't something he could just laugh off. Because it was a point in time, perhaps the lowest point of his life, and what we want to discover today is what did he learn from that moment? What did he take away? But also, also, what could we take away from that story, perhaps from our lowest point of life? And uh, ultimately, though, this story is about this redeeming grace of Jesus Christ that we all need. So we're going to look into that from Luke chapter 22. We're going to go through verse 54 through 65 this morning. We've been uh, covering Gospel of Luke from chapter 1. And now here we are, chapter 22, in Jesus' journey from Galilee where he grew up to come to Jerusalem where he's about to die. We're going to go into the passion narrative uh, you know, as we lead up to Easter. And I hope you could join us through the Lent season, through the four days of prayer, but we are right in the middle of that story of Jesus going on to the cross for each of us. And we've been covering past couple weeks about this Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples. You know that, you know, picture of the Last Supper, I think it's Da Vinci, and, you know, Jesus is eating with his disciples who he 
led for this past three and a half years is coming to a closure. Disciples don't think that way, but Jesus knows that his time is coming to end. So that's why he got up and started washing their feet, thanking them for the years of journey together. And now, and at that mealtime, Judas Iscariot, who is the one who betrayed Jesus, he sold him out. He walked out of that room. And then Jesus turned to Peter and said, you know what, bro? I, I, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And then Peter's like, no, I'm not going to fail you. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to die with you if I have to. And now Jesus says, you know what? You know, you're you're going to betray me. You're going to say, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And he, he kind of predicts that. And then what happened was the meal is done. Jesus go into the Garden of Gethsemane, which Pastor Jenny talked about last week. Gethsemane means like this squeezing of the olive. And Jesus kind of extracted his prayer and his blood was dropping like, or his sweat was dropping like blood on the ground. And we saw that episode last week about how he just prayed his everything out for us. And then... Here he comes. Judas, the betrayer, came, who he sold for 30 pieces of so which a small amount of money, his master Jesus Christ. And he comes up to him and he just kisses him on the cheek. He probably can't look him eye to eye. He just kisses. And then that's the sign to capture Jesus. And Jesus gets taken away. Here we pick up in verse 52. For it says, then seizing him, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when he, when some there, some uh, there were kindled in uh, a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. So this high priest, which was a religious leader at that time, he had the highest authority of religious authority. And his name is Caiaphas. And this was his house where the trial of Jesus was about to start with the, all these Jewish religious leaders. And, and they were accusing Jesus for blasphemy. You ain't the son of God. How could you say that? And they were about to make a case and to bring it to the Roman ruler and Pontius Pilate. And they're doing this trial before taking him to the Roman uh, trial. However, this is this uh, moment in time that is really critical. And I have I have this picture of Jesus being try. You know, he he's, he's sitting in front of Caiaphas, and, and Caiaphas is asking a question. He's just Jesus is remaining silent. It's like that scene right there with the darkest. Remember, this is in the in the middle of the night when darkness is raining, and Jesus is being interrogated, questioned, and. But Jesus kind of remains quiet. And then, you know, there's another painting. It's a little different touch. But as you could see, if you could do the another, it's kind of a long picture where the same scene is up top. And then bottom, there's Peter and different people gathering around this heat. And, and, and so inside, Jesus is being tried. And then here's Peter. And then we just look into this story of 56. And a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied, woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, hey, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter said, replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him. Him meaning Jesus. He's a Galilean. 
Galilean. He had probably the accent of a, you know, a country boy. And it's like, he's from that area. I saw him. You speak that way. And, and then and just notice that this has been an hour. So he's been sitting there for an hour, just kept his eye on Jesus inside the house because he's being tried. But, but, you know, their people are asking him, you're with them. He's like, no, 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 just, just leave me alone kind of thing. And then for the third time, he was asked, he replied, and this took place. Verse 60, Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord has spoken to him before the rooster crows. Today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside, wept bitterly. I mean, just imagine that scene. This is the moment where he just felt so ashamed, so embarrassed. He, the moment that he just cannot just get rid of it in his head. And it just felt so horrible because he knew that time Jesus called it. You know, he rem- it was just a few hours ago when he said, I ain't gonna, I'm going to die for you, Master. And then there he was denying him. What happened, right? And this, this three times he denied and he heard the rooster crow and just this moment of truth. And then this is the craziest part. He saw Jesus look straight at him. Between the crowd, between the chaos, he saw Jesus and their eyes just interlocked for that split second. You know, I, I, I actually... Um, I, I've been to this place, Caiaphas' house, almost exactly a year ago today. Around this time in February, I went to Israel for the first time, and I went to this courtyard of Caiaphas, and here is a statue of Peter going through exactly that. So I want you to take a picture, take a look at this. This Peter, and I don't know if you could see his expression, but it was so memorable. This was probably my most memorable scene of all Israel. That face of Peter, it looked so real. It, it just felt like he's he just did Denied, and he's just in this moment where, and if you could take a look at another picture, there's a, the people asking him, and there's a Roman, and there's a rooster on top, you know, that just shared the the moment of truth, right, through the rooster crowing, and uh, and you know, go back to Peter's picture, his face, and just that look of embarrassment because that face or that is going his eye is directed to inside Caiaphas' house, which he saw Jesus looking straight at him. And can you just imagine that? This, that moment, the most disappointing moment of his life. And just imagine, you, you just betrayed someone so blatantly in front of others. The one who took care of you, one took care of your family, he healed your family, he he. he took care of him for the past three and a half years. He spent night and day, and he just said, I don't know that man. He must have felt so awful and embarrassed, especially Jesus looking right at him. And, and what do you think that look meant to Peter? The look of anger, disappointment, maybe condemnation? Of course, right? He felt like that, that he's being condemned. He's being, you know, Jesus looking at him with this eye of like sadness and anger. Can't you imagine that? You just betrayed someone who you've been, you said you're going to love him. You said you're going to die for him. But you just say, I don't know. And that look of Jesus, though. And that is him looking 
receiving the gaze of Jesus. And Peter felt so horrible. That's why he went out and just wept bitterly. There is another passage that says he wept violently because that's how he felt. Just bottom of the bottom. But something happened later on that changed the meaning of the look of Jesus forever. You know what that event, that what took place? Come back to Easter and I'll tell you. No, actually, no, I'm kidding. Just kidding. No, he, Jesus resurrected. He resurrected and came to Peter who, was a, who, who went back to Galilee. He was fishing some fish. And then Jesus says, you know, I'm, I'm here. And that moment, this, this story, this, this episode, this memory that he just wanted to get rid of became, you know, that, that memory that would have made him feel, feel so bad. Man, Jesus is angry at me. He's disappointed. I betrayed him. I betrayed him. And that, that inner voice, all of a sudden when he encountered Jesus, it redeemed him. Because he realized that look was not a look of condemnation. It was a look of pure love and complete grace that he could be redeemed again. That was the look of Jesus. And he realized everything made sense. And then he recalled that prayer that Jesus said that night at the Last Supper. I pray for you, my friend, my, my, my son. I pray for you that your fail, faith will not fail. And when you get back up, go and strengthen your brothers. He, he realized that prayer was for me today. I'm getting up because that look wasn't to condemn me, but that look was to raise me up from the pit of sin, from the darkness, from the, the uh, shame and sorrow and embarrassment. He experienced the redeeming grace of Jesus and he realized I could rise again with Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, remember Judas? He couldn't see Jesus' eyes because he was too busy betraying him on the cheek. These, these guards that was, was around Jesus, they couldn't see Jesus looking at him. I'm sure Jesus was looking straight at those guards. But you know what they did? Check this out in verse 63. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and betraying him. They blindfolded Jesus, him, demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to Jesus. I mean, he, they, they were too busy blindfolding Jesus. Therefore, even though Jesus was looking at them with the same eyes, same look as he gave to Peter, they were never able to see eye to eye. And Judas too, he kissed him on the cheek. He can't see Jesus. Before he got to see Jesus, Judas took his life. So sad. What a difference gaze made through Peter, Judas, so different. Now, have you ever found yourself in a situation like Peter, where you felt so embarrassed and ashamed for various reasons, because there are things that happen in life that make us feel embarrassed, embarrassed in front of people, maybe embarrassed before God. You just, you just, you're not feeling it. And all you could do is just weep bitterly because you're just feeling so low, so disappointed in yourself, and you feel like, I don't deserve to be loved from others, from God. And you're just in this, 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 this place of darkness. And let me be bold, though, however, in saying that darkness, those times where you just, it's just in that pit, it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. And you're like, what? No, I mean it because 
That's when you can experience, you have the opportunity to experience the redeeming grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're just one step away. You're just one gaze away from experiencing this redeeming grace that the resurrected Christ is offering us each and every day. Because you know what? In a perfect life, in this life that you're in full control of everything, you got the money, you got the education, you're, you're all set. In that life, people, you know that. You don't look to God. You don't seek God. You're just like, oh, I'm in control. I'm good. You're not going to see God. But in that time of darkness, in that situation, you're questioning God's existence and His love for me. And you're just in this pity party and just like, you're just in that. Point. That's a critical point, church. Because that is when you get to see Jesus looking at you. That is the moment. You're just one step away from feeling his eyes looking at you. But not with the eyes of condemnation, but the eyes of redemption. You know, those not so funny, embarrassing moments of life where you feel so low. It is an opportunity to realize Jesus is turning and looking straight at you, just like he did to Peter that day. Maybe some of you are going through that moment right now, where you're just like, you know, on the surface, you're like, I'm good. Life is good. I, I'm pretty good. I, I, I got, I, I'm doing my, you know, I'm putting my church on, and, you know, I, I got my Sunday vest. I feel good, you know. I, I could, I'm raising my hands. But maybe inside you're weeping bitterly, because that's how you really feel. Maybe no one else no, but Jesus is looking straight at you. And he's saying, maybe he's not even talking to you, but he's looking at you with the eyes to give you another redemption. The eyes not to condemn or anger or eyes of disappointment, the look of disappointment, but it is this pure love, this redeeming grace And in order to give you that redemption, Jesus took on death, your death, your sin, and died on the cross in your place. You know, there's a story, there's a moment in my life where I saw Jesus looking at me. And some of you already know that I grew up in this church as a little kid from seven years old. I grew up in the Japanese speaking group and... and, uh, you know, I, it was all good until I hit my teenage years where I began to fall away and I, I started living a double life. You know, I would come to church, but I had this totally different lifestyle where I'm just out partying and doing different things and just drinking and smoking and, and coming here like, you know, half drunk and half, you know, I mean, let me just say that that's, that's, that was my life. And I had a reason to come to church. There was one thing that I, I, I just needed to keep was um i wish i could say the reason why i came to church was seeking god but you know i, I had a girlfriend here <laughs> so i couldn't fall away because like i needed to maintain that relationship because like I, I i liked her and like i wanted her to like me so i i faked it y'all you know like i i, I did i was good at it too because i was i grew up in church i know how to pray <laughs> and she was like oh that's a great prayer i'm like yeah i, I grew up here you know <laughs> So, so, so like, and I was even like, I was even like playing music and guitar. And it's like, I, I, I could sing of your love forever. And in my heart, it was like, totally just, I, this song sucks, you know? Like, 
I need hip hop, you know, like, 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 seriously, that was my life for many months as we were dating. And I just could not quit church because had I quit, then she's going to break up. Oh, no, I can't do that. So I would come here. I would, I, I'd be, and by the way, this is a story that my wife fully aware of. So, you know, if you go, <laughs> just, just disclaimer. Okay. Anyways, anyways, you know, I would bring her this, this girl to church. Cause she was like, you know, she was on fire. So it was like, for Christ, so like I, I would come with her and sit through youth group with her, and I was like, "This is boring." But anyways, like, but but like, no, you know. But on the surface, I was like supportive, good boyfriend. But on the inside, I was like so judgmental and so like, "This is these people are crazy," you know. Like, but honestly, that was how I lived for a while. One night, though, as always, I took her to youth group. I, I shared an amazing testimony and I had a prayer, and I, I maybe sang some songs. And then on the way back, I dropped her off, and then I began to bust out my cigarettes. Ah, oh, man, another, ah, uh, this, you know. <laughs> Sorry, but that was that was me, right? And but and then like I dropped her off, and I I I. I I have a feeling like Phil's mom is nodding because, like, you know, he probably did the same thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just have to throw in there because I, 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 your, your Mother's Day message reminded me. So we're, we're kind of alike, right? So anyways, what was I? Where was I? Wow. So I was on the way home. I was on, on the 405, and I still remember. I, I, you know where the Beach Boulevard exit. I was exiting off of that. And that's the moment something crazy happened. I saw Jesus. I mean, that's the only way I could describe it. I saw Jesus looking straight at me, kind of like that time where Peter and Jesus saw I, I It was just like that. I, I can't describe it anywhere else. I'm, I'm driving, but I'm seeing Jesus. And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm crazy, but I did see it. And his eyes said something. Like that, that look said something. He said, I love you, Hisashi. You know, now I'm Toby, but you know I was Hisashi. Well, I'm still Hisashi. But anyways, like that's what he told me. He's like, Hisashi, I love you. And I gave everything. To, it wasn't this loud voice. It was very, you know, quiet voice. I loved you. I love you. And I gave everything for you. And now what will you do for me? I, I heard that with his eyes. And I just started to cry. Because you know what? I feel so embarrassed. I'm living this double life. But, but Jesus told me that I still love you. And he, everything I gave, it's for you. And I just started, like, I, I cried violently. Because I realized how deep that love is. This redeeming grace of Jesus became so real to me for the first time in my life. I was like, are you serious? You know me. I, I, you know how I'm living this double life. And I'm coming up to church, feeling like just like, you know, condemning, every, judging everybody. You know, you, you know me and you still love me. I couldn't believe it. I feel so ashamed. But that I, though, that eyes of Jesus, though, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a look of condemnation. It wasn't the look of anger or disappointment. It was unbelievably warm and inviting. And that's the moment where I decided I'm going to stop being fake. Like, that was the turning point. It wasn't an overnight thing. It was a slow process, but I began to stop 
faking my faith because I just couldn't do that to him. I couldn't believe how much he loved me even though I hated everything about the church. And now that's the point where I'm like, you know what? I want to be used by God. And here I am today, coming back to the church that I grew up and just owing my life. I mean, this is a place where I just want to say sorry, you know. Like, I, I was sitting in there, like, praising God, but I was just faking every point, pieces, piece of that. But, you know, today I am so convinced of this redeeming grace of Jesus Christ and that's the one thing I just wanted to keep sharing to, to others and everybody who, who come in here and maybe even in the ways we overflow outside of this walls of the church because it's so real. It's so amazing. Church, amen? Amen. amen. You know, we're, you know, we are redeemed. You know, have you, have you seen a redemption value on a can? It says, you know, on, on a can, it has like five cent on it. Like, you know, it's all here. You know that, right? It's, it, it's, it's five cent. And it's like, it, it's in, in Maine, it's 10 cents, okay? I think that's what it said. But anyways, that's, there's a redemption or re- value to every single can. And no matter how beat up or how crushed or how, how dirty it is, the, the, the value remains the same because it says on there, Right? And um, speaking of like recycling, there's these um, British artists. His name is, their name is Tim and Sue. They, they, they create like this, this artwork using like recycled can. And it's really cool because like it looks like it's a bunch of like cans that are beat up and you know it's like holes and, and worn out and it looks pretty bad. But, you know, it's assembled together and it's trying to create an art piece. And you're like, what art piece? There's just a bunch of garbage. Well, it looks like it, right? And like maybe that's how we feel. Like we're like just this broken pieces. We're a whole bunch of holes and crushed and dirty and rusty. Uh, but, but we come together collectively. And when you let God's light shine on us, this is what happened. This is what happens. Like you see the light and behind that, there's this like beautiful masterpiece that the designer have made. And, and, and you know, to me, that's redemption. Yeah. You know, that's, there's a value redemption much more than just what it says on the can. It's a redemption because it's being used as an artwork to share the, the, the mind, the, the heart of the creator and that's us you know no matter how much we fail or we feel the shame or the sin or the and feel unworthy or or maybe you feel useless none of that gets wasted in the hands of our god it, but we got to give it to him though we got to you know what this is i'm just going to give it up to you and that's when Jesus will shine his light on you in creating this, this masterpiece that will encourage and, and share a story to the world, just like that artwork right there. And you know, I, I guarantee you, you will experience. If you give that up, when you let him shine on you, when you let Jesus see you eye to eye with the eyes of his grace, you will experience that redeeming grace and you will rise again no matter how you feel about yourself. The redemption value remains the same. You know what your value is? It's not five cents, you know. It's not ten cents in Maine. It's priceless. 
That's your redemption value. It was priceless. It is priceless. That is exactly why Jesus said, I, in order to win you back, I got to die myself because you're priceless. I can't put a price. If, if it was a, there was a price to it for, to win you back, God would have done that. He would have paid you, man, fat dough, you know, like he, he would have paid, every, but he couldn't because it was priceless. So in order to redeem you, he had to die on the cross. This is the love of our Lord Savior. This is the grace of our Jesus. And you know, remember that guy, Peter, who betrayed Jesus? He felt awful. Remember that guy who, 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 who looked so miserable in that picture? In another place of Israel, where Jesus encountered Peter in the Sea of Galilee, there's another statue of Peter. And I think that's how he wants to be remembered as. Not the former, but this one right here. This new Peter. You know, obviously it's done by another sculptor because, like, he's redeemed, you know. His, his hair grew a little bit, too. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's so cool because on one hand, he has a key. And it represents the key of heaven that God, gave, Jesus gave him. Like, and on this rock, I will build my church. This is Peter, you know, and he is redeemed. Amen, church. And you know, God wants to use you too. God is the same way he used Peter, how he redeemed Peter. He's going to redeem you. And he's going to use you for his glory. So that when you get up, when you rise with Jesus, you're going to go and be an encouragement to others. You're going to go and share your story and maybe perhaps the story of your embarrassment or shame. But, how, but don't end with that. End with the redemption that you experience through Jesus Christ. And let us go and strengthen others just like Peter did. Because so many people in this world is going through a redemption value crisis. They have no idea how much they're worth, man. They feel like they're a piece of junk. They need to know that Jesus also sees them the same way as prices. We, those who've been redeemed, we got to go and tell them because that's how we felt before. We can't just stay here. We, we got to let them know that Jesus wants to redeem them as well. So, Will you let the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ, will you let that grace help you to rise? Church, amen? Yes. Let's amen. do this. Let's do this. Here we go. The welcome on um, the weekly challenge. All right. So I want you to take a picture. I want you to take this home. And I want you to be mindful of this as you go into different places. Maybe your workplace. Maybe your, your household. Maybe your neighborhood. Maybe your school. I mean, whatever you go. I want you to be thinking about these questions. Imagine or read Luke 22, that verse again. It's only 11 verses, I believe. Imagine yourself being in Peter's shoes in that story. What do you think? What do you think Jesus would say turning and looking straight at you. What is he going to say to you? Just imagine, just dive into those words and just, and, and just embrace that. And then, it, it, we call it weekly challenge because these aren't like some easy questions. It's, it's going to hopefully challenge you. Now grow. When was your lowest point in life? How did God redeem you from that time? If you have a story, go and share that. But if you are going through a low point right now, how do you want God to redeem you with his grace? Because he will overflow as you experience his redeeming grace.
please, please let God use you to give hope to someone who needs redemption. Because I'm sure you know someone that needs redemption. All right, church, let's pray. God, man, we, 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 we just thank you so much because we're just touched by your grace again. And we're just so in awe. Like, I can't imagine what you went through to redeem me, redeem us, because you didn't have to. You, you, you could have just lived the perfect life, but you dropped everything and came down to this darkness to rescue us from that sin, that pit of sin and eternal darkness, the dominion of darkness. You have transferred us into the, to the, the kingdom of the sun. God, we, we thank you for that amazing grace, that redeeming grace, that look of Jesus that, that look at us and says, I still love you. I, I, I still want you back. I still want you to rise again. Thank you for that redeeming grace, oh Jesus. In, in, in times of in this life, we feel like we're a bunch of junk, like, like broken and crushed and, and holes. And... But Lord, that's when we encounter you. That's when we get the to take that step of faith and let you look at us so that we could rise again with you. So God, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you that you will encourage those who are in need. You will be the strength for those who are in weakness. You will redeem us. No matter how horrible or ashamed we feel about ourselves, you will do that because that's why you died for us. Seeing us as priceless beings. So we give you the, we give you our trust. We give you our issues. We give you our shame to, to, to be redeemed. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this time together. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Church, why don't we stand together for this last song?